This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. the gun sports radio this is the second hour on fm 961 am 1170 the answer hey this hour is brought to you by our good friends at cali key drop in a cali key to any of your ar-15s or ar-10s to instantly make it california compliant for more information check out cali key at calikey.com that's k-a-l-i-k-e-y.com self-defense and emergencies can happen to anybody and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's U.S. Law Shield. Dot com. This segment is brought to you by San Diego County Gun Owners, sdcgo.org. Join these folks, $10 a month minimum. Trust me, more benefits than you can shake a stick at. Well, we got Joe Germisi, the blogger, and he's going to talk to you about his third part theory continued. Okay, well, uh, okay, well it's you're right. ready? <laughs> I'm ready. So, uh, yeah, there will been... be a test. There will be a test. Oh, there's always a test. So, um, yeah, we've been following the uh, what's been going on in Virginia now for the past month or so. And um, what I wrote about this week, uh, what I'll publish tomorrow morning anyway, um, is uh, the thinking that I, I think we're at the end of uh, part two, pretty much of a three-part saga, I guess, that's going on in Virginia. Part one being the, the flipping of control from Republican to Democrat in the state. And uh, it was interesting how that worked because uh, apparently a a lot of money was flooded in. It was very strategic. They looked at specific races. Um, I don't think the the Republican Party was really paying attention the way they should have, and they were able to flip um, control of the state. So I think that was the first part, and that's something that we should all be uh, watching closely because what they did there is, I think, a model or a template that they yep. want to use around the country. Yep. And you select states that that may be vulnerable like that you pump in a bunch of money to selected uh races and uh you're able to flip the thing so i think that what was going on there what's going on there was the first part the actual flipping of control Mm -hmm. of the state um part two which uh, i think in my theory anyway part two is the reaction of the public to uh the laws that that this uh new uh governing body i guess is is preparing or presenting the um, the idea when they took over control, they put gun control at the top of their agenda for things they're going to do, and they introduced what most Americans would consider consider uh, very draconian gun control laws. It's ironic because out here they're pretty much the laws that we already have in California, but you have to remember that most of the country, with the exception of six or seven states, is pretty reasonable Second Amendment wise, 
And um, so what happened there is when they took power, the first thing they started talking about was was banning certain kinds of guns and implementing a lot of the laws that we have out here. And the normal people in Virginia were shocked at that because it was just something they hadn't thought about because Virginia was a pretty uh, Second Amendment-friendly state, always has been. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think part two is um, the reaction to these laws because what you saw in Virginia, of the 95 counties in Virginia, over 90 of them uh, passed resolutions declaring themselves as Second Amendment sanctuary counties. Yep. And uh, a number of the cities, I don't have the exact number, but I believe a majority of the cities as well in Virginia did the same thing. And uh, even the sheriffs stood up and took a public position, which is, is unusual. You, you typically don't see that kind of stuff happen. And even though the resolutions aren't really, uh, they're kind of benign, they don't really have any teeth to them, it's uh, significant that you got a bunch of the um, the supervisors and the leaders, basically, the political leaders of the counties to actually stand up and do that, whether they have uh, teeth or not. And um, so I think that was the, uh, that was the big thing there that, that happened uh, for part two. And, you know, a lot of times uh, gun owners tend to be less engaged or less politically active than the other side. Yeah. And a lot of times it takes something really significant to kind of slap them awake. So I think that's what happened there. So, the part two, I think, um, culminated in the rally that we just had in Virginia, mm-hmm. where you had upwards of, what was it, 22,000, 25,000, something yeah, like that. Depending on who you believe, but People at least 20,000, yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, very orderly. It was uh, very nonviolent. It was very well-behaved, uh, much to the dismay of... Uh, I think the gun control advocates, I think a lot of people were waiting for something bad to happen. It never did, uh, which is a great, uh, great reflection on gun owners. That's typically how gun owners are. So I think that's, that was the end of part two of my part three theory or of my three part theory. So I think uh, part three is going to be how this plays out um, in 2020. So, you know, what's going to happen there and, you know, I've come up with like three possibilities. There's probably more ways that this can go. But one possibility is that um, nothing happens, that the people are compliant, they turn in their guns. Uh, you know, you'll hear a little bit from the Facebook commandos and those kinds of people about cold, dead hands and all this stuff. But for the most part, people will be compliant, they'll, they'll do whatever they need to do, and pretty much nothing will happen. Um, I think that's the least likely outcome, just given what's been going on in Virginia and the reaction of the public anyway, but that's a possibility. The um, second possibility, which I think is more likely, is a passive resistance uh, from the counties and from the public in terms of um, complying with these laws. And uh, similar to what you see out here in California with the sanctuary cities here with uh, illegal immigration, where, where the counties just refuse to help ICE, they refuse to cooperate with the federal government. Um, I think you might see something, again, like that, um, at the county level in Virginia. We'll just have to see what, what turns out. But I think that's a second possibility. A third possibility is that there's so much activity back there related to this and the public keeps the pressure up that it attracts the attention of the Supreme Court and they finally make a ruling um, that's a more comprehensive ruling that addresses all of these laws, which were, are really unconstitutional. All these laws infringe um, on yes, gun owners' rights, and and realistically, because and uh, and I wanted to point out, you know, it's not really that bad around the country. It's six or seven states that are really bad. It's California, Massachusetts, New York, Maryland, New Jersey, 
um, and now Virginia for a little bit. And, um, you know, a lot of the country is, is okay. And and that doesn't mean you could not pay attention and, and be asleep about this because like you were saying earlier, it's a spreading cancer here, but these kinds of laws, like, uh, we were talking about just a little bit earlier about the ammunition laws out here and how absurd that is mm-hmm. that, that people, uh, at our event this Sunday couldn't, cause they're 20 years old. They couldn't buy ammunition. Terrible. I mean, that's, that's just silly. And um, I think what's really going to have to happen is the Supreme Court's going to step up. I don't know that that'll happen. Um, there's probably other possibilities, but something's going to happen in 2020 where it's going to play out. So I think that's going to be the third part of my, my three-part theory. I think the one thing that is certain, I think the Democratic control in Virginia is uh, the clock is ticking on that. I think it's going to be a short-lived thing because I think what they did, I think the mistake that they made, it was, it was pretty smart, um, you know, tactically what they did to flip the state like that but i think they overreached had they come in and they just um put those laws into place little by little like they did in california i think they would have gotten a less drastic reaction maybe from the public they were just too self-righteous yep yeah and that's kind of the attitude (laughs) yeah um, yes and i think that's going to come back to bite them in the next elections back there i I think they're not going to be in power for real long with this, but, uh, you know, cause out here, I mean, we didn't get this way overnight immediately Mm-mm. out here in California. It was little by little by little it's by because little. because they changed the, the, they changed the words. They, they called it gun control. It's not gun control. It's gun confiscation. Well, you and know, they, they woke, call it sensible gun laws. They're not sensible no, gun laws. They, but what, what Virginia did in my mind is it woke up the other 49 states. Hopefully, hopefully people well, are watching. All this. they got to do is go, holy mac. Because, I mean, if I was to put a $100 bill on the table and have you guess which state would be the first one to do this outside of California, Virginia would not have been on your radar. Do you think, Mike? No, I think everybody was surprised that in Virginia, but it's complacency and, and uh, you know. Um, which the good guys are notorious for. Which the good guys are notorious for, exactly. Well, because, I mean, the bad guys are always on the edge but, of their chair and are always wanting to you know, do I've, things. I've been watching this for decades. Back in the 90s, in the late 90s, mm-hmm. everybody was moving to Oregon and Washington State. And Virginia. Yeah, well, <laughs> but mostly, I mean, they were yeah, we're going to Oregon and yeah, Washington State. Yeah. Those were the two big states back yeah. then. Well, no gun person's going to move there now. Mm-mm. They have horrible gun laws. Totally. And not, you know, then it was, you know, Texas and Arizona and, and Nevada, you hear about them. Well, Arizona's starting to tip. Mm-hmm. Nevada's starting to tip, you know, but Virginia, no, nobody saw that coming. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break, folks. When we come back, there's a whole lot more. And thanks a lot, Joe. That was awesome. Great. Oh, summer. Good. Good. Yeah, Glad blogger, to be here. Blogger Joe on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. The answer. That's nah, Gun Sports Radio. But I think Brandon's trying to turn it into a, a hip hop show. That's our hip hop. <laughs> Weezer's like the farthest thing from hip hop. Ah, well, it could Ouch. be. You know, you could do a little hipping and hopping to that. I we just wanted to see happened. if we could uh, get your attention with the music today. Yeah, we noticed that happened. Hey, California's assault weapon laws makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight-pull bolt-action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered 
an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford. Cali Key. That's CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right. Hey, this segment uh, is sponsored by U.S. Law Shields. And we have a very special guest on the line. Who would like to introduce her? I'll do it. I knew you would. Uh, yep. We've got uh, Emily Taylor. And Emily Taylor is uh, an, an attorney uh, that works with the uh, U.S. Law Shield. And, uh, you know, when you have a, a problem, and Emily's the person you end up uh, talking with. So Emily was, she's in uh, Texas right now. And, you know, she's got her day off, but she was nice enough to uh, to call in and and uh, talk to us today. And I think, uh, Emily, you attended the uh, the Sacramento Sportsman Expo this week, right? Or I, I did for several days last weekend. Wow. And so tell us about that. It was really phenomenal. Um, it was at the gigantic State Fair Cal Expo. And it was, uh, you know, I, I am not a hunter, um, but it was a hunter and a, a fisherman. It was just a sportsman's dream. Um, and, of course, uh, U.S. Law Shield was located out in the um, – in the hunting uh, and firearms tent, and okay. it was just, uh, it was absolutely wonderful. I got you. And so what was your participation there? Did, were you a speaker or something? Or Yeah, we did a little uh, speaking event uh, just for a couple of days over the weekend talking okay. about the history of um, Second Amendment law. Oh, really? Okay, gotcha. And is that, um, so I haven't attended the Sacramento Sportsman Expo. So is that a, is it a state thing? Is it a national show that's kind of put on in different states or what do you know about it? You know, it appeared to be a national show. Okay. There were people from all over the country attending, um, uh, vendors from all over the country. It, it, it was gigantic. Gotcha. And that's a retail show probably, you know, yes. bunch of retail people there. Yeah. Cause we had, we had, shot show here this week and you know that was the big manufacturer show thing going on so yeah, yeah. absolutely yep gotcha and so uh for those of you who don't know you know um uh, u.s law shield you know provides an amazing service uh that um you know to have you ready in case unfortunately you do have to defend yourself and and so um you know we again we we appreciate you know you know having you on so um you know in california we've had the challenges we've got the uh the, the you know gun shows of the West that, that put on their uh, productions all up and down California. We've been fighting that you know to keep those open, and I think uh, they also produce at the Cow Palace up there too in Sacramento. I think they do until somebody gets around to uh, saying it's illegal to do it at the Cow Palace. Yeah, I don't know which uh, they've tried in the past. Emily, if you've been involved in any of the, any of that conversation at all? No, I haven't. Yeah, gotcha. So, uh, what uh, good stuff do you have to impart on us today? You know, um, God bless your state and um, the gun laws that you guys have to live with. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it's really a wake up call. When I got to spend time with you guys, um, at, you know, in Sacramento, um, the people who are, you know, man, they just want to exercise their Second Amendment right. Yes. And it really was um, kind of heartbreaking. And of course, we our talks were focused on. Um, the federal government and what the federal government's done to regulate firearms over the years, um, which really, I mean, gosh, it's enough. You know, all over the country, what the federal government has done um, since 1934, which is when the first federal firearms legislation was enacted, okay. it's enough. 
Um, and just the, the extra level of scrutiny and of law that you guys have to live with is just so unnecessary and, uh, and such an abuse. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, uh, you know, kind of to what Joe was saying about Virginia, you know, when the Democrats got in there and then, you know, I think just, uh, you know, emboldened and this, you know, started with this whole, you know, gun re- regulation real quick versus in California. I think what they did was, as I've been mentioning before in previous shows, you know, the way to with propaganda wars, the way to win the propaganda wars, first thing you do is you change the words. So you call it gun control when, when actually it's gun confiscation. And so it's little by little, chipping by chipping, you know, chipping away. Uh, we've seen it happen in California. Now you're right. You've got just great Americans, you know, just great people just wanting to exercise their right. And they're under all these onerous, you know, laws. And, and hopefully with, you know, all these people pitching in, I know we do what we can on the show, uh, with the show. And, you know, Mike Schwartz and his organization um, to, you know, get that pendulum, you know, maybe swinging the other way. Yeah, and you know, you make an excellent point about the words that the 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 anti gun yes. sides use and they really have done an excellent job of controlling the narrative. Exactly. And we need to do you know, I don't know how we fix it, how we do a better job, because emotion is always going to gonna win and that's what they're banking on with assault weapons and weapons of war right. and uh, it, it's it's so hard to combat that, but it makes a huge difference in public perception. You know, I was writing it down during this show, and you you know you you brought up assault weapons, but you know as I mentioned before, you know they use words like gun control. We hear this a lot in California: sensible gun laws. You know, tell me what a sensible gun law really is. It's not. It's just again, it's it's their uh, you know it's just the propaganda. Well, now it's even the yeah. words uh, like the term "active shooter" that you hear all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I shoot handgun matches every Saturday with a hundred other active shooters. We shoot a couple of times a week. I mean, that's, you know, by by switching those words around, uh, yeah, you control the narrative like that. And and I think, so for us, one thing that I try and do personally is not use their words. And and I I, I try and encourage other people too, just to wake them up to the fact that uh, of that and and to not use their words. You know, for instance, with this whole thing going on with, uh, in my opinion, with the... um, the, the presidential impeachment trial, you, you know, I took classes on how to run political ca- campaigns. And one thing is when you're the party in power, you want to control the agenda. That's supposedly what you have. But if you're not the party in power, you want to control what? The narrative. That's exactly what you said. And so um, with the impeachment thing, that's what it's all about is controlling the narrative. Then that way you supposedly control the agenda. And I think that's the way that these uh, gun control and uh, um, zealots, and extremists, what I like, what Michael likes likes to say, which is true, uh, that's one way that they've been able to dig in deep and get the, uh, you know, the momentum of the of the people. And I think the flip on the other way is exactly I saw Michael do it three years ago by by tagging them as extremists for what they really are, because we as Americans are entrusted with just a a, a a huge responsibility of being Americans and giving these huge rights, and uh, we don't take them lightly. No, absolutely not. Um, and, and you know, it's um, it's something that I'm worried that the the left and the and the anti-gun folks are going to find out the hard way when they give up. Um, you know, one of our hard, hard fought, hard kept constitutional rights. Yes. When they give up the Second Amendment voluntarily, and then they realize, 
that the rest of the things they hold dear as Americans will fall after that as soon as there's a tyrannical government in power. And and they'll tell you, well, this is America. We don't have tyrannical government here. Well, right. I, you know, I think that we don't because we have a Second Amendment. Well, it, and that's true. And, I, you know, another thing I, 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 I say often is, you know, I'm a uh, white male Christian. Statistically, nothing bad should ever happen to me in this country. Um, but I do know a lot of women. I know a lot of minorities. and I know a lot of people in the LGBT community. And statistically, they are far more prone to being uh, the victims of violence uh, than I am, and and they've told me that, uh, you know, my whole, you know, my whole life, and I believe them, and if and if that's a fact, and I believe it is statistically and and anecdotally, um, then let's make sure they can protect themselves. I want to see fewer stories about. In fact, I want to see every story about violence against women, violence against minorities, violence against LGBT. I want that to be turn into a story. Uh, about uh, women and minorities and LGBT defending themselves, you know, and making sure that the violence doesn't happen to them. And, uh, you know, I think that's an important angle that we need to uh, uh, we need to continue to uh, to highlight because it's it's real, it's relatable um, and it's important. And not only that, um, but uh, um, to your point, Emily, about, you know, something happening, you know, to these to these people. Um, and, and government, well, they're not funding the police department. So we know here in California, for instance, if you, you call 911 on your cell phone, first off, it goes to Sacramento. So it doesn't go locally. So the delay is so huge. And then finally, if somebody does show up, it's going to be five to 15 minutes. And so, you know, what are you going to do during that period of time? So it's, um, it's, it's an interesting thing. Be your own first responder. Oh, right? that's it, man. We talk about it all the time. So, um, we got just got about a minute left. Uh, any other uh, stories or, you know, what's happening there at U.S. Law Shield? Are you working on any interesting cases, I'm sure? Oh, gosh, always. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, of course, here here in Texas, we have we have um, uh, hundreds of thousands of members. Um, you know, we've actually got a murder case coming up uh, oh. out of my law firm here in a couple weeks. Um, which just uh, he's a Marine, a fantastic guy and just a. Uh, happened to find himself in a really terrible situation and, and now charged with murder. Um, but, you, you know, at the end of the day, that's what U.S. Law Shield is there for. It's, it, you know, people who can't afford um, six-figure legal bills to defend themselves from the out- aftermath of defending themselves right. get lawyers who, who specialize in self-defense and in firearms. So. It's uh, it's definitely what we're there for. Yeah, well, I, I we appreciate you. We appreciate your firm and and what you do. And for those listeners out there, if you own any kind of firearms or any kind of have to defend yourself with any with anything, you really should consider some kind of uh, protection, some kind of coverage. And uslawshield.com is uh, you know one of the top ones. So we we appreciate you coming on and um, and and then taking up your weekend time. Well, thank you very much. Okay, hey, it's our pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, folks, need to take a CCW class for your San Diego CCW? 
Want an Arizona, Florida, or multi-state CCW? Well, visit CCWUSA.com. CCWUSA offers small class sizes, expert instruction to fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes, all start at 8 a.m. Classes fill up quickly, so book now. Private lessons are available, too. Great dates and times to meet your busy schedule. Check their website for details on how to apply for your San Diego or other multi-state CCW at ccwusa.com. That's ccwusa.com. Hey, have you ever been to AO Squared Firearms in El Cajon? They got the widest selection of guns in San Diego County with over 600 unique guns in stock, including hundreds of used guns. Go see their full-service experienced gunsmith. They can do everything from mild repair to full custom. A.O. Sword Firearm Stores, located at 929 East Main Street in the city of El Cajon. Go to their website at aosword.com or call 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. A.O. Sword Firearm is your go-to place for all things firearms. That's aosword.com. Call them, 619-749-4867. Okay, so that's hip-hop. I, what? No, that's we're, we're at least getting closer. <laughs> that's Run DMC, so yes, hip hop. Yeah. Right. See, I mean, technically, I was it's, right. it's kind of a fusion. I thought I thought we, it was an honor of uh, Aerosmith uh, making it into the uh, Hall of Fame here. Yeah, that was exactly it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I just thought it was hip hop. Yeah, Aerosmith collaborated with Run DMC on that. See, yeah. that I, a great video. I knew I was right. Hey, we got good old David Chong on the line. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm uh, back from the marathon of SHOT Show this uh, last week, and it's amazing and uh, overwhelming, of course, every time. So, it never so, gets old. so you're sitting there, and your feet are in a big tub of salt water, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I came home with uh, – I was healthy the whole time there, but everybody in my traveling group came back with the SHOT Show crud. We're all coughing and wheezing. Uh, but you did take some great pictures, so tell us about it. Oh, thank you. Um Let's see. Well, I uh, first of all, I want to tell our listeners uh, uh, I, I did put up a bunch of first look videos on our YouTube channel and uh, credited Gunsports Radio as well, of course. Thank um, you. The AO Sword Firearms YouTube channel it got just a uh, a dozen uh, one minute videos, so they're nice and bite sized. And I just download great. what I'm seeing and, and what I like about stuff. I'm not going to bore you with a big long lecture. Uh, one of those things that I'm just very excited to get into the shop is the IWI, the Israeli Weapon Industries, PS-12 oh, semi-automatic shotgun. Oh, I'm excited about this thing. Have you ever you ever fired one, uh, Michael? I no, not their shotgun, but I've I've shot a Tavor, a Galil, and a Jericho, oh, yeah. and they they do great work from from my experience. Yeah. Those, those three firearms are fantastically outstanding. Yeah. Any. Any arms company in a country that's surrounded by people that want to eliminate your existence from the face of the earth is uh, probably going to be pretty good at designing their weapons. <laughs> so what makes their shotgun different? What, what did they do? This sucker has a rotating suite of three independent magazines, each of them five rounds. And that's very, very important for us Californians because being that they are separate magazines within the gun, just like the Keltec, just like the Utah, those are considered uh, low-capacity magazines for the, the California overlords. At least for now. So you get 15. That's 5 plus 5 plus 5 plus one each ghost-loaded into the loading ports. 
17 rounds of 12 gauge in a semi-automatic shotgun with a bullpup configuration, ultra short. Um, the, uh, mm. uh, it does, it does have a gas adjustment switch for high brass, low brass. So you can do competition with it or real defensive rounds. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have that in the shop. They announced it a year ago. But it only finally is uh, hitting distribution now. That sounds kind of, you remember the old, uh, wasn't it called a street sweeper? The old shotgun with the rotating? Yep. 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 Yeah. That one was, uh, so that one's automatically rotating and we, we couldn't have that toy in California. But because it's this is manually switched from a magazine to magazine, you, uh, you can uh, have it. Now, something else is very interesting about separate magazines, not just uh, compliance uh, consideration, but also very significant uh, defensive consideration. You could load one of those magazines with, let's say, slug, and the other one with buckshot, or maybe another one with uh, um, a smaller buckshot, so that you could choose to uh, have, let's say, number four or number one buck in uh, your first uh, load, so that you're not your first magazine, so that you're uh, not going to over penetrate through a bunch of walls. If but then if you need to reach out and penetrate through an obstacle, dial up your uh, slugs and away you go. That's awesome. Or or maybe beanbag. Well, I guess not for civilians, but maybe law enforcement. That might be a law enforcement use. Yeah, I don't want to go too far in the weeds, but the consideration yeah. there is you never want to mix less than lethal with uh, uh, business, you know, duty, duty ammo in the same platform. You want to be grabbing a different gun or a different platform to, to administer that less than lethal uh, punishment. See, that's why we have you on the show, David. When I make dumb suggestions, I need you in there to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out. Set me straight. <laughs> no, no, you don't want him going over the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you guys. So uh, we have a uh, relationship with uh, Sig at the at the shop. Uh, we are one of their law enforcement dealers, and because we are a SOT NFA dealer here in Southern California, very rare. Um, uh, they they got us on their law enforcement and military range, and I shot the Sig MG338 in 338 Norma. Yeah, this is the new platform belt-fed machine gun that's uh, oh, uh, being deployed with uh, SOCOM. It's the first light machine gun platform uh, in in decades for SOCOM. Man, it was amazing. Uh, about twenty percent lighter than the two forty Bravo, mm-hmm. and it's shooting a big fat round that'll reach out to two thousand yards on area targets, uh, maybe wow. twelve hundred on uh, point targets, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh, reciprocating barrel. So uh, even though the round is much larger than the 7.62, uh, it barely moves you at all. And so you can use just a standard AR-15 style stock on this thing and it doesn't beat you up. Wow. I was really impressed with that uh, uh, that machine gun. Uh, now, in the interest of uh, not teasing people with things that they can't touch and hold, uh, I do have a belt-fed California legal UKM in the shop shooting uh e- cheap to shoot uh 762 uh 54 russian uh even if you're not shopping for a uh what five thousand dollar gun you ought to come in and hold it and take a take a selfie <laughs> i feel i feel facebook uh profile pictures changing as we speak <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome another thing i got to touch there at the uh uh at the sig uh range day was the uh 320 legion um 
this is this is the first ever. It's a uh, polymer uh, um, hmm. frame with a, uh, of course, a metal slide. But the the polymer frame is tungsten infused, so it feels like a brick. It is really heavy, and it it, it even on standard NATO rounds, it, it hardly has any recoil. Feels very comfortable. I, I was able to run plate racks uh, like a, a person who shoots much better than I do. Uh, again, not to tempt people with something they can't have. I happen to have both a P320 and a Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 private party transfer. Uh, so anybody can buy them in the store. That 320 that I have in the store, uh, you could buy an aftermarket tungsten infused Legion grip module and have your own Legion. It's going to be the only way you can get a Legion in the state of California. So I got, the, I, I did a review on the M&P 2.0 uh, on the YouTube videos, and I, I do have one of those in the shop. That's a lot of fun. Wow. Do you guys so, have any questions? Anything? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the, the SIG, the, um, the light machine gun that you were talking about, um, who's yeah. going to carry that? Is that like a, was it made? I'm kind of picturing in my head. Is this made for like, like, like for for like a you know a squad full, full of grunts or is this more of a special operations thing or what, who who's that right. made for so the first units to deploy it are with socom special operations uh this bridges the gap between the capabilities of the 762 light machine gun the 240 bravo uh and a uh, M250 cal. A lot of times when these uh, special operations command units are working on their own, they, they can't just drop in or drive in with a, a big old 50 cal, but they need to reach out a little bit further than a 7.62 will allow them to. And uh, so uh, that, that 338 Norma really gives them the punch and ability to, uh, to get out there without... Uh, weighing them down to where they're not mobile anymore. I, th- I think it's going to be very successful. It's, it's actually called, uh, the, the, it's called a light machine gun, but the, the contract it filled was for a medium machine gun. And I, I do think we're going to see this, maybe not at the squad level, but certainly at the platoon gun sections, we'll probably see some of these deployed with regular line units as, uh, as the product matures. Wow. So it's kind of a, I mean, something that's accurate and powerful enough to, that a, you know, a, a marksman can use it, but it's uh, also got the capability of, uh, you know, like an urban, you know, door-to-door combat type type thing. Is is, is that is that kind of yep. accurate? It is. It is short, lightweight. It ships with a, uh, a purpose designated suppressor, and the suppressor is a, a big, fat, stubby, so it doesn't extend the length too much. Uh, I can't, it has a folding stock again, for more man portability, uh, just give you a sense of how light and manageable this gun is. My 23 year old light as a feather, uh, daughter, school teacher, daughter, uh, uh, geared that up, deployed it and put a belt through it. And she was all smiles coming up. <laughs> that's cool. Wow. That sounds like something out of like a computer game. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> like you oh, know. this will be Call of Duty like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I guess just one last thing I saw was uh, um, there's lots of stuff on the on the YouTube channel, but uh, I got to mention the Iver Johnson Coach Gun. Finally, a side by side cowboy action style Coach Gun in the five hundred dollar range that that doesn't suck. Um, <laughs> uh, 
there, there is a uh, there's an alternative from uh, Century, but unfortunately, it's all uh, engraved all over the face with uh, you know it just screams made in China. So the, the Ivor Johnson's uh, really tastefully done uh, with a lot of laser engraving and checkering. It. Uh, I'm looking forward to owning one of those. All right, buddy. Hey, Dave. It's always good having you call in. Go soak your feet. <laughs> I'm going to take it easy. Thank you very much. Yeah, right, take buddy. care. A.O. Sword, folks. Go check him out. Great store. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Sam, the gunman, will be on, and I think he's going to report on the – or did he already do that? He's going to talk about the uh, uh, Virginia. He yeah. He went to the – yeah. I'm old. I can't remember what we talked about last week. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. All right, folks. Welcome back. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Is that hip hop? Oh, yeah, this okay. is definitely... I was making sure. I thought that was. I know one's coming. <laughs> hey, folks, California's assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Go to CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage of an affordable price. Bad gun or bad guys don't take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. Hey, home mortgage interest rates have dropped yet another low. If you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, Call a local mortgage guy that we trust, and you can too. Chris Wiley, PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or go to primerez.com backslash alpine. All right, Sam the Gunman has survived another week. He has. We actually have a, a, a cool little segment here. Normally, we do Stump My Nephew, mm-hmm. uh, where we get Sam on here, Sam the Gunman, and we ask him questions. Are we giving him a break? Well, we're getting we're going a little different direction because uh, last week um, was the big march in Virginia and uh, on MLK Day up in, in in Richmond, and he went, and his mom went, and his dad went, and I was talking to them after. And I, it was such an interesting um, uh, feedback that I wanted to have them come on. Now, the mom couldn't make it. She's at uh, Trivia Night. They made it to the final round of uh, Trivia Night in their Trivia League. So, uh, But we do have – yeah, congratulations there. I'm terrible at Trivia. But we do have Sam and his dad, Bruce, on the line. You guys there? Yep. Good evening. Hey, we're here. Excellent. How are you, gentlemen? I'm well. We just uh, we just enjoyed a lovely dinner with your parents. 
Oh, well, that's nice. That's very nice. Tell him I said hi. So you guys went to now. I got to tell you, I got a text from 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 Nancy, from your mom and and, and your wife Bruce, uh, and she said, "Gosh, I'm hearing that uh, it you know it's going to be violent and they're going to be white supremacists and you know I'm not sure I, we should go." And, uh, you know, where did she get that information? Well, from the stupid mainstream media and, you know, people making things up and pushing a narrative. So I told her, no, you guys got to go. It's not going to be anything like that. Don't believe any of that stuff. Go. You're going to be just fine. Was I right? What did you guys find? Um, it was, I mean, first of all, the, uh, the, the media number, which I'm going to use, is that there were an estimated 22,000 people there in the state capitol. And out of all of them, I would estimate maybe 10 or 20 percent of them were uh, open carrying rifles. And I don't even know how many had concealed handguns. And uh, there were only 220 police officers there and not a single shot was fired. So that right out of the gate, the uh, the idea that this was going to degenerate into some kind of a, a violent riot is is completely preposterous. And, and so you guys went, got out, parked the car, got out of the car, went into the fray, and and what did you find? What kind of people did you did you talk to, or what did you see? Well, Mike, uh, it's Bruce. Um, a couple things I want to try to give you a, a sort of a sense of what happened. So um, they they gave out information about remote parking, so you could park basically at at a nearby stadium, and then there would be buses to take you in. Um, we left home at a pretty normal time to make it there on time. By the time we got there, the line to get on buses to go um, uh, to the the state capitol where where they were having the rally, uh, the lines were very, very long. And we got in line, and about five minutes later, the folks sort of running that transportation said, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the rally's going to start pretty soon. And we have just been overwhelmed because the number of people out here um, that want to go to this rally so far exceeded anything that we could have predicted. We're just not equipped with the number of buses to take take you folks in. We're really sorry. So the amount of people that, that came to the market overwhelmed the, the, the buses that they had. But that didn't stop you guys, right? You guys said, forget it. We're still going. We're not going home. This is important to us. Exactly. So... Um, that was fine. The, the amazing thing was, and, and you and I and everybody else, we've been in situations like that where there are a lot of people lined up. Somebody gives them disappointing news. Mayhem ensues. In right. this case, it was just people going, oh, OK, or all right, I'll, I'll wait. Even if I arrive late, I'll wait for the buses. OK, but we were a little more impatient and we had to get Sam there for so he could report back to you. Sure. So. We got in my car, got back in my car, drove to to the location, and um, uh, I dropped them off, and, and I went and parked and then got out of my car. But uh, my wife, your sister, and, and Sam got out of the car and then walked toward the r- rally. Now, in the meantime, then I'm looking for a place to park, and so I didn't know where to park, so I pulled over. There were some gentlemen standing there with with weapons. So I asked them a few questions. They could not have been nicer. They said, yep, I think you can park over there. I think there's some space available in in that parking garage, but I'm not sure. I pulled in, got parking. 
it was an easy, easy thing to so, see. So, uh, you know, three members of a family, uh, a mom, a dad, and a son, you know, uh, all gun owners. You know, the Constitution uh-huh. and the Second Amendment are all very important to you guys. I, mean, yeah. I, w- I, w- I certainly, maybe with the exception of Sam, but I wouldn't describe Bruce, you and Nancy, you and, and, and your wife as as gun nuts. You know, it's it's a part of your life, but I, I wouldn't say that you guys are, you know, immersed in gun culture. You were just people that said, hey, I, I care about this thing. It's right here in my backyard. We want to go support, uh, you know, l- let's go. And, you know, at any time during your experience, did you, you know, feel threatened or out of place or worried in any way? Well, let me answer that one, and let me just put it this way. If, as the, uh, as the media has been reporting in the aftermath of this, it was a, a violent white supremacist riot, then it was the most orderly white supremacist riot, uh, the most orderly and diverse white supremacist riot I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, you had guys walking around in Hawaiian shirts and AR-15s with chest rigs, uh, walking by, thanking the police officers for keeping this whole thing organized. Um, you had guys in plate carriers in a nearby Starbucks ordering hot chocolates. It was, I mean, it, it was a whole nothing burger, you could say. Everyone was just walking around, having a good time. Yeah, being polite. And uh, looking good, I might add. And representing and doing yeah. just about the most, I think, uh, one of the most important things you can do uh on on mlk day and that is to go support your civil rights by uh, making sure your voice is heard to the elected leadership and they put a good light on doing a rally that's the way rallies should be done you know in a very professional you know non-violent get your message out don't get in anybody's face that's the way a rally should be yeah. and hats off to the the folks in virginia and everybody that showed up of course, the only person that upset terribly was the uh, the fake news. They were <laughs> devastated that you guys were so good. There were people out there just peacefully petitioning yeah. their government for a redress of grievances, you could say. Um, and if you include just the people who were open carrying rifles, they outnumbered the entire Virginia National Guard, and not a single shot was fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, uh, uh, Bruce, you're a military veteran. Uh, you are, uh, um, uh, you know, a dad. You're a uh, uh, lives in the suburbs. You're a homeowner. You're a voter. Uh, you know, my your your wife Nancy is a mom, and uh, you guys are active in your synagogue. And Sam is going to school as a student. I mean, this is you know everyday America. This is not you know you guys aren't representative of a special interest group. You got you're not. Uh, you know, in the pocket of a manufacturer or, you know, anything like that. You guys are normal Americans. You're pillars of society. And they decided, hey, you know what? This uh, uh, These folks are going way too far in Richmond and showed up yeah. and had a fantastic time and a great experience. And I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate yeah. it and how, how proud I am to be related to you guys. Yeah, you guys are the best. And thank you for your service. Yeah, well, my and uh, my service. Believe me, it was my pleasure. I was in the Air Force, enjoyed enjoyed all 22 years. But um, it, the 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 one thing that I I think, um, well, a couple of things impressed me. One was how really friendly and peaceful the the crowd was. It was as Sam said, it, if there was a cop on the street. Everybody walking by him was saying, hey, thanks for being here. Wow. 
keeping us safe. It was really heartwarming to see that. But, That's awesome. All right, buddy. Know, hey, we're going to have to let you go. We're okay. cutting from Thanks, the top Bruce. of the hour. Thanks a lot, Bruce. You did an awesome job. Sam, can't wait to try to stump you next week on FM 96.1 AM 1170. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.